guys. Uh, welcome to the Highlands. Those of you who don't know me, my name's Aaron, uh, one of the pastors. We're thrilled you're with us this morning. Let me, uh, thank you, Derek. You did an awesome job, and there's a lot of cool things going on. I'm really excited personally for that compassion journey. We're, uh, it's tied for a whole weekend and then tied into a compassion Sunday. And we're, you know, this is the stuff that we sort of dreamed about being able to do in a building. And, um, and we get to do that now. So uh, I hope you'll consider coming to that. It's going to be a powerful uh, weekend together. So let me pray, and then we're going to jump into the teaching. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your goodness to us that while we were sinners, you came and, and died for us. You expressed your love to us by uh, giving up your life. And Lord, um, we just say thank you. And we ask, God, that we'd respond accordingly. And now as we look into your word, God, um, you know, we all come in here with a lot of different stuff going on and busy lives. And um, yet, God, the most important thing we sometimes forget, and that is connection with you and what you're doing and how we can be a part of that and, and what you want to do in us. And uh, so open our hearts and our minds, open all of us, ourselves, to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. We, um, we're actually going to jump back into a series that we started before we opened up the building. When we opened up the building, uh, well, actually the last Sunday of our, our time in the school, we kind of jumped into this three weeks of saying goodbye to the school and opening the building. Uh, but I want to this morning jump back into a series we started before that called Explore the Iceberg. And the idea of this series is that, you know, like an iceberg, the visible part of an iceberg is the 10%. There's 90%, you know, under the water that you don't see. And the series is really about uh, the everyday, some of the everyday emotions that all of us experience in life. And the reality is that a lot of times people only see like the 10% of, of our realities. Uh, a lot of times people only see like the 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 10% of what's really going on in our lives. And yet the reality is we're being formed and a lot of us are living from the 90% that, the, that most people don't see. And this morning, we're going to talk about uh, an emotion that all of us experience, probably in some way on a daily basis, and that's anger. And if I'm honest, um, it's kind of relevant for me. I found myself just, um, I don't know if it's like the, just the stress of life, the stress of this season. It's been such a beautiful season, but it's also been stressful that I've found myself, you know, on edge. And I think all of us have season, like seasons in life where whether it's, it's anxiety or stress or fear or busyness, exhaustion, where uh, living on the edge just sort of opens up the possibility for some of these emotions to manifest, like anger, in really powerful ways. When I, um, when I was preparing, I guess, whatever that means, to become a parent, you know, no one really told me a lot of the realities. Like, you saw the 10%. Uh, uh, and, and usually it was, like, the really good stuff. Like, the kids and their parents and, and like, uh, their kids hugging them and just being super excited about being a parent. But nobody told you like a lot of the hard stuff. Um, and I, I don't think I could, I never saw sort of how a little seven-pound human being could stir such strong emotions. I never saw that coming. 
like good emotions, like the love you feel for that newborn life, um, the connection and like the depth of love that you feel is, is profound and hard to describe and amazing. Um, but the amount of uh, frustration that a little seven-pound human being could create, I, I completely underestimated that. And, uh, you know, I'm a person that needs like nine hours of sleep. It's just who I am. I wish I was one of these people that needed four, like could live off of four. Do we have any of those people that just need like four hours of sleep? You are so lucky. I, how many of you need nine? Am I the, I'm the, only, am I the only one? Okay, ten? All the high schoolers are raising their hand, 12. But I don't know, I, I'm like a nine, like that's where I do really well. And kids don't let you sleep nine hours. Uh, little kids, well, maybe all kids. Um, and my daughter, who I love with all of my heart, and I tell her that, uh, her name is Lainey. Um, she's been a screamer since the very beginning. Like, not, you know, every baby screams, but she's like next level scream. And, um, like, it, I just remember, like, even now, yesterday we're driving in the car and she unleashes. And I'm like, oh, my word, like, you have a gift. <laughs> it's like an X-Men, you know? Like, where the, the like all the things rattle when she screams. But as a baby, it was so high-pitched and it was just, whoa, like, what it would create in me. I was like, where is this coming from? And I'll never forget, like, being in her room, and, and I'm rocking her, and she's just staring at me and just, ah, screaming. And, uh, you know, it's the middle of the night, and I'm exhausted. And I'm like, oh, I, okay. So I, I get an idea, and I, I take her. She's screaming, and I, I put her down in her crib, and I put a blanket over her, and I, mm, I love you with all my heart. And I just, she's screaming the whole time, right? I kind of back out close the door. I walk to my bedroom. I grab my pillow and I do this. Put the pillow back. Walk in. Hi, sweetheart. It works really nice. But, you know, the, the like, the frustration, the anger, and recognizing that anger is an incredibly powerful emotion that all of us feel. And, and one of the reasons that anger is so powerful um, is that it, it sort of consumes, like, all, all of us. Like, it touches all areas. It touches, um, you know, not just what we're thinking, but how we feel. And when you're angry, you know, you feel it. And unbridled anger is dangerous because it can, it can manipulate how we would normally function or respond or treat somebody. Um, and we have to recognize that emotion and try to understand why it's there and how do I respond to it the right way. Because what we're going to see is that the Bible expects us to be angry. And it isn't inherently sinful to be angry, is what we're going to see the Bible um, say. Listen to Ephesians 4, 26 through 29. It says, in your anger, do not sin. So the, the construction of this sentence is really key because 
uh, it says in your anger. So there's an assumption there already. Like you're going to be angry. And in fact, there's actually a good anger. Like a holy anger. Like there's things that when we look out in the world, we, it's like we should be angry about it. I mean, when we look at what's going on in the Ukraine, like it, we should feel that. We should be angry about injustice in the world whether it's, it's in another country or it's in our backyard. Like the brokenness in the world, the way that the, the sin is corrupting the world and damaging people's lives, like that should make us angry because it angers God. So there's something good about, like a, about anger that it should stir something in us and it should stir a response, but the response is key. And, and that's where Paul is saying, like, in your anger, don't sin. The response should not be sin. You know, like, when Jesus went into the temple and he saw, like, that the temple, this place that is meant to be a place of worship and prayer, and he walks in there and there's people selling, like, a, it's like people have set up a market where money is being is being. Uh, traded for, for goods, he's just like, are you kidding me? Like, this is not the right place to do this. This is wrong. And how does he respond? The dude gets angry, and he makes a whip, and he starts just going, and he wasn't doing it like this. Can you imagine Jesus like, you know, you can't be angry. So he's just smiling. Like, hey, why don't you guys leave? You know, he was upset. He's tossing tables. Like, he's angry because what he is seeing isn't right. And yet, we know the Bible says Jesus never sinned. So that wasn't sin. And Paul isn't saying when you're angry, it's sinful. However, anger being a powerful emotion is fertile ground for sin to grow. And if not dealt with the right way, and quickly, it can become something that easily produces sin. And he, Paul goes on and he says this, um, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. There's an obvious connection that Paul is making here between anger and time. I always heard this verse, like pastors saying, like at marriage conferences, this is like one of the verses you, you give to, like don't, don't go to bed with your spouse angry. And I, I think there's a ton of wisdom with that. But it's not just for married people. Paul, I don't even know if Paul's, he's talking about, about all of us, not just real, like married folks. He's talking about all of us, and he's making a connection between anger and time. There is, a, there is an important connection that we have to recognize. And what Paul is saying, he's saying, look, the longer you give, the more time you give to, to anger, unbridled anger, the more likely it turns to sin. The more likely the enemy then has a, a, an opening, a gap, a foothold to get in and start to use that against you. And so Paul is saying, he's, look, you've got, you've got to recognize that when it wells up in you or you're angry or it just you have these sudden bursts of anger. Like, you've got to react immediately. Otherwise, the chance of that anger producing sin is... 
high. One of the questions, uh, if, you're, if you're a person that struggles with anger, and uh, at times, you know, where, where I've struggled, um, a really powerful question to ask yourself is, what is under the anger? There, there's always something under the, like, producing the anger. Like, something gives birth to anger. Is it loneliness? Is it fear? Is it stress? Like, maybe you're just going too fast, too long. Is it, you know, you're overworked? Is it unhappiness? I had a friend I was talking to not too long ago about anger, actually. And they said, they go, I, for me, it's unha- I'm unhappy. I'm just unhappy with my life. I'm unhappy with the trajectory I'm on. I'm unhappy with, you know, just things that are going on and how I'm responding. And, and it's made me an angry, kind of bitter, cynical person. I don't want to be like that. But I was impressed because they at least identified what was sort of giving birth to that anger. And for, that, for them, it was just sorrow. And I know for me, if, as I've asked myself that question, a lot of it is selfishness for me. Like, I have expectations of how I think things should go and how things should be done. I mean, I got angry about this building a lot. You know, I'd walk in and I'd be like, what? Can't you do your job? Like, you get paid. You're, you know, the subcontractor gets paid. Like, look at this. I can see a little scuff in here. It's like, are you kidding? Do your job well. And then I'm like, I'm just angry. Because I, you know, and it's not wrong to have expectations and want things to go well. Or, but sometimes it's like next level selfishness that uh, I don't even see. And I'm, I'm like, uh, boy, this has more control over me than I recognize. Like, I want things to go my way. I want uh, my expectations to be met. I want people to do things a certain way, which is control. And maybe what's under my anger as I'm sort of processing it in front of you all right now is control. (laughs) You know? And when things feel out of control, I'm totally having a breakthrough right now. When things go out of control, I get angry. And and so my question for you is, what's under my my anger? What's under your anger? Why? Because it's likely if it's not uh, being bridled, it's, it's producing sin. It's destroying probably relationships in your life. You know, it's, it's probably making you more of a, uh, just a cynical person. Maybe uh, a more unhappy person. And so what is it that, that is under that anger? I want to give you two things um, that I hope would help you navigate this emotion. And actually, let me, before I give you those things, again, I want to end 
with saying, look, embrace the righteous anger. Like, again, all anger uh, is not wrong. Embrace, like, the righteous anger when you see things that are wrong, when you see things that are unjust. You know, part of what we're called to do as the body of believers, the church, is to look for the wrongs and make it right. I mean, Jesus, that's what he did. He, 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 he stepped into a broken world, and he saw things that weren't right. He saw people who had been alienated. He saw people that were sick. He saw uh, overzealous uh, religious leaders who needed to change and repent. And he saw people who were hungry. Like, he saw all this brokenness, and he didn't just talk about it, but it burdened him enough to respond to it. And that's, like, as Christians, we're called to live lives that are burdened by the, by the like, unjust, like, sinful-rooted problems in this world and go, we're going to do something about it. Like, that's what we're called to be. So I, I, I don't want to tell you, eliminate all anger in your life. Actually, I want to say embrace the, the holy anger, the fires that are lit in your heart when you see wrongs that you know God is hurt by or hates or makes him angry. But the anger that, that creates sin, I'd like to give you two, uh, two things that I, I hope would help you navigate it. The first is this. You give anger oxygen to grow when you refuse to open up and talk about it. Um, and I know uh, maybe for guys this is a little bit harder for us, uh, but the reality is <laughs> we feed it oxygen like a fire when we just sort of close up and we refuse to talk about it. This is true of just sin in general. This is why the Bible uses the, the, the light versus darkness metaphor. The more that we live in the dark, the more that we, we sort of hide our problems and our sins and, and, and the realities of our life, uh, the more oxygen we give to that sin, the more life we give to that sin. And the Bible talks about when you bring it into the light, when you expose it, that's where you experience healing. And with anger, um, it's true that it's got to be something that you work through, you talk about, you know, whether it's with a friend or a spouse or a counselor, but you've got to, you know, dig into that emotion and find out what is under it, what is producing it. And when you, when you, when you choose to talk about it and bring it from darkness to light, it's something that can, you can find healing. And some questions I, um, I have, and I'm going to send these out in an email um, this next week, but maybe this would help uncover for you um, expectations or motives that give life to anger in your life. Like, here's one. When you get upset, what is it you want that you're not getting? It's funny because when you start to like, if you, in the moment, you're angry, and then you go, okay, why am I angry? What am I not getting that I want? And then you name it, you're like, that is such a foolish thing to get angry about. See, when we start to use our minds as opposed to just letting the emotion completely consume us, 
we can kind of override that emotion. But what is it? What, when you get upset, when you get angry, what do you want? And what does that desire mean to you? Why do you want it so badly? Second is, um, when you fire into anger, what do you believe about the significant of, significance of what just happened to you? Why is that, whatever's happened, why is it so significant? The third one, this is powerful, what are you afraid of? A lot of times, fear is, is something that's controlling us and manifesting in other emotions other than anxiety or the, the emotion of fear, fear, but fear can manifest anger. So what is it that I'm afraid of? Control for me is a fear of failure. There's a rooted fear of failure and what people will think of me. Any of you have that? And so control is like, it, it helps us at least believe in our heads that if we have control, that we'll be able to control that, you know, success or what people think of us. But letting go of that is scary. The last one is, what intentions guided you during that interaction? What are you after? When you become bitter and can't shake it, what do you hope for and wish? What are you living for right now? What matters most? So the first thing is, in dealing with anger, trying to ask and recognize what's under the anger and try to talk through some of these questions with someone you trust. It's got to get, like, you've got you've to expose it. If you don't and you live in the darkness, it's just going to become something that has more and more power over you. The second is this, is a practice, uh, wabi-sabi. Have you, have you guys ever heard of that saying, wabi-sabi? It's a, uh, it's a Japanese belief that there is beauty in imperfection. And this was incredibly meaningful for me when it came to the building of this building. So I gotta, I'll tell you a story. We had a gal from Woodridge named Steph who was helping with some design. She designed our new Highlands Kids logo, and she did uh, a lot of different work for us. She's great. And um, she was coming into the building right at the end when things were nearly completed. And, you know, she's been a part of this process. So I was excited to show her, and so she comes in, and I'm like, hey, and we're looking around, and then um, we're walking over to the coat, like this, this area over here to sit down, and there's a gigantic coffee stain. And uh, I go, oh, you know, don't, don't mind that. Like, uh, we're going to have that fixed. We're going to have that replaced. And then, and then we're walking over there, and there's some nicks on the wall. I go, don't worry about that. Like, you know, we're going to, like, there was this thing of, like, I need to, I need to express perfection to, 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 to the people of this church. And she goes, oh, wabi-sabi. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> yeah, she's like, wabi-sabi. Like, what are you talking about? Are you want to go to get sushi? Like, we got to meet. I don't, what do we, you know? She goes, no, it's this, it's this idea that there's beauty and imperfection. Like, um, and, I was, and, and I was like, oh, like, kind of like leather. And then she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of like leather is what you're saying. Like leather, you know when you get like a, something that's new, like new leather, it's usually, uh, you know, stiff and it's, you know, 
whatever color the leather's been dyed. Um, but as time goes on, that, that, le- that leather kind of takes on life of its own. Like, it darkens, it, it loosens, like, it begins to tell a story. Like, my wallet here, you know, it did not look like this when I got it. When I got it, it was a lot lighter shade. It was a lot, like, stiffer. And as time has gone on, it's loosened, it's darkened. I have all these scratches in it. Right here, you might not be able to see, there's a bunch of chew marks from my, our puppy that got a hold of it. And I love that because um, there's a story here. Like, I, I like beat up leather because there's something about the beauty of it in its imperfection. And she said, like, you know, sometimes, you know, perfection just, nothing's ever going to be perfect. And if you strive for perfection, it's just going to eat you alive. Wabi-sabi sort of just letting it be what it is. Let it tell its story, like the nicks and the stains. And, you know, like at, at the end of the day, I realized like this building needs to be used. People need to get in here and they're going to spill their coffee. Kids are going to have accidents. Like we're going to, you know, we're going to ding up walls. And you know what? Like there is beauty in it being used. This isn't a museum. No, don't go spill your coffee unless, you know. But when I saw that stain and Steph left, I knew who'd spilled it. And I came in here, I go, Brian? (laughs) And he goes, what? And I go, did you spill your coffee there? Yeah, I mean, it's going to happen, Aaron. Like, eventually, anyways. And I'm like, bro, this is why we can't have nice things. Like, Come on, I mean, and I, I just got mad, and I, I can't remember what I said to him, but I sinned, and I left. And if you look at that text later on, in verse 20 says, it says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it might benefit those who listen. Anger led to sin in that moment, and I go, was it worth it? No. Like, is it wor- a coffee stain worth a relationship, one of my favorite relationships. No, but I let it get to me. I let the emotion take control of me, and it, and it led to sin, unwholesome talk that was cutting. And I, I do that in, I've done that in my marriage, I've done it in other relationships, and it's like, this is why uh, when you step back and you start to ask some of those questions, you go, yeah, it's not worth it. It's just not worth being angry. Wabi-sabi. Like, what if I just started going, wabi-sabi? You know, I'm going to see one of you walk out and spill your coffee, and I'm just going to go, wabi-sabi. You know? But maybe we have too high of, like, expectations. Maybe we're too striving after something that's unattainable, like perfection. And maybe we just need to, to recognize that there is beauty in our, in, some, in our brokenness sometimes. There's beauty in our imperfections. Like, it tells a beautiful story like leather. That's why Jesus, when he was resurrected, how come he had scars? Why did, I mean, he could have just touched his scars and they would have been gone. He left them there for a reason. And I wonder, you know, if it's 
because that's part of his story. And all the darkness and the sadness and the, and, and the pain and the suffering of that, like, it, it all ended in some, creating something beautiful. And the scars were, are like an example of that. So, um, as we stand, we're going to sing a couple songs. And I just want to invite you to sort of reflect on, you know, how does, how's anger manifesting in my life? And what, what might be underneath it? And what are some steps I can take? So I make sure that, you know, anger is not fertile ground for destroying relationships in my life. Or, or, or destroying my relationship with God. Or just destroying the person I want to be. So let's stand together. Lord, um, I thank you that you put like a conviction in our heart and a fire in our heart. And I pray that you'd spark that, God, when we see wrongs in the world. And that we would respond to that like with a holy anger and recognition that it's not right. And we want to be a part of making it right or changing it. But Lord, um, you know, anger can have such a profound effect on us and how we respond and treat. And I just pray, God, that um, if, if we recognize anger producing sin, that, Lord, you'd help us walk from dark to light and to ask ourselves, what's, what's, what's there? What's causing this? What's really going on? Why am I so quick to become angry? And I pray, God, that as, as we have those, those, as we work through that and we have those conversations, like, we're thankful, God, that, that you, you bring us from darkness to light and there's healing. So I just pray for anybody who might feel ashamed because they go, man, I've felt a lot of anger and I've hurt a lot of people because of it. I, I, I just pray, God, that you would fill their hearts now with renewal, that, like, they are not too far gone, too far broken. In fact, you, you go, I go after the one lost sheep. And I'll go, I, I will go to the ends of the world to find those who are lost. And I've proved, I hope they know I've proved it because I gave up my life and I got scars to show it. Because I love them. So we thank you, God. Thank you that you give us another chance when we turn to you, always. In Jesus' name, amen.